And I'm gonna be difficult. Yeah, you are. You're I'm gonna be... be a problem. Yeah, you are. I can tell. <laughs> You're screaming problem. <laughs> That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about chapter 119, Skip Hop and Thump, written by Ariana Jackson and directed by Ronald Paul Richard. Sound like you said hump, not thump. Well, somebody's talking about humping in code. No, that's the next episode. No, I think it's this one. <laughs> There's some subtext to a There's scene about midway through. subtext, but like, mm, next one, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> it turns out writers who use subtext are cowards. Cowards! <laughs> Screw the CW's, like rules about what can oh, be shown. Oh yeah, they have real heavy-handed censors on the CW. <laughs> They don't let anything get by on that network. <laughs> they have a minimum of hot teens making out. It's it's. It, I mean, making out's different though than like the humping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's just the, like the skip hop and thumping. Yeah, yeah, it's just like sensual shirtlessness. <laughs> but that's not how this episode begins. No, this this, <laughs> this episode begins with Jughead in bed with a puppy. We finally get the Jughead hot dog content that we deserve. Two episodes in a row. I think that's a record. It is a record. I'm not (laughs) concerned about where this dog is and who's feeding it. This dog is loved and cared for. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they are snuggling while it's raining outside and Jughead is enjoying some comics. He's surrounded. He has hundreds of these books, uh, all published by Pep Comics, who, who we saw last week. And he's talking about how comic books are just so important to this generation. Yes, and how superheroes are out Mm -hmm. and crime and horror comics are in. Apparently, this is a timeline where the effects of the Comics Code Authority are delayed a year or two. Yes. Yeah. Though I have a feeling that's not going to be the case soon. That's probably going to be a subplot. (laughs) Uh, But... Yeah, so he, he he's enjoying them, he's reading this comic, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, hold up, what the shit? As he flips through uh, uh, the latest issue of Devilish Deeds. Uh, and so he uh, storms in to the student lounge, mm-hmm. telling Ben Button, Ben Button, and Dilton, and, and Ethel, Ethel, the nerds. He's in with the nerds. He's, he's definitely in with the nerds. Telling all his nerdy friends about how Pep Comics stole his story because he wrote a thing, he submitted it, they rejected it, and what he read is very much like what he wrote. It stands for Pilfering Extortionist Plagiarisms. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, maybe I should sue him. Can you do that? Can they're, you? They're, they're teenagers. They don't they know. Don't know. <laughs> they don't know. But he is going to pay them a visit because you know what? Pep Comics is in town. Yes. They are there. They are headquartered in Riverdale, wouldn't you know it? Yeah. That's convenient. But before that, we need to go to class, allegedly. Yes. And, and Well, we need to have morning announcements uh-huh, uh-huh. made by Cheryl, as we know. And the top announcement is, of course, is the sock hop is coming. So while Cheryl is making this announcement and trying to sell her tickets, the camera follows all of our characters gazing across the room at whoever they want to hop socks with. Yes. 
Uh, and this is also when I learn that sock hops are actually in your socks. Yes. You don't wear shoes. Because in in the, the days of sock hops, the, the varnish cover on the gym would be harmed by people going in their hard-soled shoes. Like, this all makes sense. I mean, they don't want you wearing those shoes in the gym even now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so you, I didn't... you take them off, and then you dance in your socks. I thought, though, it was because people were like... The, the saddle shoes with their little socks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was a sock hop because you could see everyone's socks. Not that they were just in socks. I didn't know. Riverdale, I classify it as an educational program. I, my mind is blown. <laughs> yeah, so we are being encouraged to attend the sock hop. As Cheryl says, it's going to be the bee's knees and the cat's pajamas. We are throwing around terms so much in this episode. Yeah, so, somebody definitely had a slang dictionary of the early 20th century. And they were and they were just, di- like, checking them off. Like, I, I feel like we were playing, like, um, bingo. And hopping through the decades a- as we go by. Archie, of course, is like, hey, Veronica, you want to go to the sock hop with me? And she's like, well, I don't know, Archie, can you cut a rug? And he doesn't know what that means. You mean, like, install carpeting? Yeah. She has to explain to him, are you good at dancing? And he's like, oh, maybe. (laughs) Uh, So, meanwhile, uh, Tony goes to the sock hop ticket table, which is run by Cheryl and Midge. Cheryl's like, oh, are you going to buy a ticket? And she's like, that depends. Are you asking me out? And Cheryl is flummoxed, and she covers her flummoxness in, in rage and defiance at, at the very notion that she would be asked out by Tony Topaz. Uh, and Cheryl, or Tony just lets that go, and she's like, well, no. So I'm not buying a ticket unless my good buddy Fangs, who is a singer, plays the sock hop. So Tony's whole thing from here on out, the rest of the episode is to to do a scam? To do a, a money scam, I think. Basically. Because the only way this makes sense is that, I mean, either she's just a huge supporter of Fangs' career out of the goodness of her own heart, or she's getting a kickback off of the, the box office. I don't know. Show was like, no, 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 Kevin and the crooners are playing. It's yes. already lined up. No greasers allowed. No thank you. Uh, and so we, she's told, you know, good luck selling tickets. Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. is like a warning. And Fangs uh, says goodbye by saying later, Midge. And Midge swoons. She swoons. Does not sound like the word Midge. I, what do you think it sounded like? I, I really thought he's like later, bitch. <laughs> As she swoons. I mean, the Fangs Fogarty is a good-looking guy. Like. <laughs> Just ask Kevin. I mean, as long as he says something in your direction, you're like, yeah. But no, it totally sounded like Midge. It did not sound like bitch. (laughs) So Jughead has made it to the publishing offices of Pep Comics, which uh, I think, the way this is going, seems clear to me, is a stand-in for EC Comics of the 1950s. Yeah. Because for one, the, the little, like, Roundel logo, very similar. Also, just the cover design in general, the weird titles, but most of all, the clincher, that the editor is one Al Fieldstone, whereas EC Comics was edited by Al Feldstein. Oh. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. Oh. All right, all right. Um, 
Am I wrong that Pep Comics is in like the FBI, the FBI office? office set, right? Right. Yes, yes, it, it is. is. Okay. It okay. Is. I was like that. We've seen this before. They they redress the FBI field office. Yes. Jughead goes in there and he's like, "You rejected my story, uh, and now you have a story like it." And the guy's like. Dude, there's no original ideas. You know the amount of stories I got over here that are just, like, waiting to be written? And like, then Chuck so has, like, well, I'm a writer. I'll write your dumb ideas that you stole from me. And the guy's like, okay, are you cheap as shit? And Jughead says, yes, I am. <laughs> so we're best friends now. Goodbye. And so Jughead is given the task of uh, writing a seven, taking this idea and writing a seven page story by tomorrow. Mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. like, great, I will do this thing. I have to point out that Al Fieldstone here is played by Canadian character actor and voice actor Gary Chalk. Gary Chalk is the voice of Optimus Primal from Transformers Beast Wars. Oh. <laughs> And, you know, it's been in literally hundreds of things. He has like 400-some IMDb credits. Yeah, you were like naming off a bunch of stuff that I like. But, like, the thing you would recognize him from is, uh, uh, and and also some of his reboot voices, uh, you know, the Canadian CGI cartoons of that era. But I wouldn't. You're you. I'm me. What what would other people recognize him from? Optimus Primal and Transformers Other Beast Wars. Other people who don't care about that. He he was in three episodes of Arrow, but I do not remember this character whatsoever. What was the character's name? General J.G. Walker. He had a three-episode stint. He was a bad guy. Apparently so. Okay. Everyone remembers minor antagonists in the si- in the fifth season of Arrow. You're correct. I I apologize. <laughs> There's better chance of that th- for me than uh <laughs> But this means this means Jughead has gone from being managed by Goku and Rolf <laughs> to working for Optimus Primal. Yes. <laughs> uh so meanwhile, uh Archie is uh visiting Betty and mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, so here's the deal. I told Veronica that I could dance, but you remember when I broke Midge's toe doing the bunny hop?" Help! <laughs> and Betty lets out a little chuckle because I guess she hates Midge's toes like, so fuck much. Fuck that Midge! <laughs> uh, and she's like, "Oh, it's okay. We'll we are going to start simple. We're going to do the classic twist. It'll be great." And oh my god, Archie cannot dance. Yeah, he's doing more <laughs> of the pivot than the twist. <laughs> she keeps telling him less shoulder, more hip, but he's not getting it <laughs> at all. <laughs> Funny. Um, so she's like, you know what? Maybe let's try slow dancing. Everyone knows how to slow dance. False. No one knows how to slow dance. No one knows how to fucking slow dance. Everyone is standing there, like, shuffling. Everyone has decided to fake it the exact same way. And, like, and that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. And everyone is looking at each other like, am I doing this right? Is this, this, okay, this is fine. I just want to put my hands on your body in public. Uh, we can sway while we do it. That's fine. Honestly, the only reason people slow dance is so you can put your hands on each other's body. Because yes. honestly, it's not that fun other no, than that. No, It's much more fun to have like exciting dancing like the twist i'm just thinking of like wedding dancing <laughs> you and i are so good at it so oh, yeah. needs to get married 
I need to go, like, bust a move at a wedding. <laughs> so, so this slow dance lesson gets interrupted, of course, by Alice Cooper, who throws Archie out. And uh, he's he's very sweet. This is clearly not the first time he's been thrown out of this house. <laughs> what I love is she's so like, what's going on here? And Archie's like, oh, hi, Mrs. Cooper. Betty's teaching me to dance. I'm going to ask out the new girl. Oh. And like totally unfazed by the fact that like he's about ready to get kicked in the butt. <laughs> I love it. There's there's a wonderful sense of like cluelessness. Yes. In this like season. Yeah, there <laughs> is like Archie in particular. They they want to move him toward being just this like all sh- this this aw shucks golden hearted simple boy. Yeah. With the idea that that is like classic comics Archie. And it's not. It's not. Because he's not doing, like, silly slapstick pratfalls all, all no. the time. That's what Comics Archie is. And he's not, like... He's a danger to himself and others. He's that, and he's, like, heart-eye, hubba-hubba, gonna go after this girl and get I slapped. I mean, he's, he's pretty heart-eye, hubba-hubba. He goes through a lot of rigmarole. But he's very, like, sweet about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't get slapped enough. In comics, he gets slapped a lot. Yeah, there, there is a sense of, like, Jim Carrey's the mask turning into a wolf and, and his, his tongue rolls out on the table. Yeah. A little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, halfway to that point. It, that's where Archie lives. Uh, so, so meanwhile, uh, Jughead is visiting Ethel, getting her opinion on his story. Mm-hmm. And she loves it and obviously loves him. It's obvious to everyone but him. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, she also, though, is so excited about this because it is one of her dreams to, like, do a story for Pep Comics. Because she is an artist, a visual artist, an illustrator. Uh, and so he's like, oh, well, like, if this works out, like, I'll put in your name. We'll get, it'll work. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so over at Makeout Point... There are five cars at Makeout Point, a sixth pulls in. And who should be at Makeout Point but Cheryl Blossom running between... Running from car to car, selling uh, uh, fistfuls of sock hop tickets. But... What is she raising money for? She's so desperate. Yes. (laughs) She is a one-woman show in selling the sock hop. (laughs) Well, because her right-hand girl, Midge, isn't with her. Where is Midge? Where's Midge? Midge is in that car with Fangs Fogarty. <laughs> Did you get the sense when the fogged windows go down that Midge is just sitting up from a, <laughs> shall we say, prone position? <laughs> she got she got very sleepy and was resting her head in Fangs' lap, perhaps. <laughs> I did. Also, I, like... Was a little confused because I was like, there was so much smoke coming out of that car. And then <laughs> it's when, the fifties. And well, and then like they rolled down the windows, and I was expecting like a cloud of smoke to come out, and that didn't happen. But there's mother stuff going on in there, and Cheryl is not having this. She yells like Midge with a common greaser, sacrilege, sacrilege. <laughs> uh, and Midge is like apologizing and chasing after Cheryl. <laughs> It's it's been a long running theme of this show that I was always upset that Midge barely became a character before she became a corpse, and this is not season two Midge at all. No, but I am enjoying like little flunky hanger on Midge. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, in, like, the next car over, uh, is, uh, Betty and Kevin. Kevin is the only person at makeout point for the view. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, and somebody's like, hey, is everything okay, Kev? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just thinking about, you know, stuff. Oh, like the songs for the sock hop? Yeah, and yeah, other things. You know, things. Things. Th- things like stuff. Stuff, you know. <laughs> And then he's like, hey, when are you going to touch my boobs? <laughs> it's not what she says. Uh, well, she tries to like, she's like, well, wait, you haven't asked me the sock hop. And he's like, well, I'm performing at the sock hop. So like, you're just going to like cheer me on, right? Like, we can't be a date because like I'm performing. So I can't like take you. And she decides that's the perfect opportunity to go in for like a giant smooch. And he's like, oh, hold up. And she's like, don't you like kissing me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, no, no, I don't, actually. <laughs> and so now it is time to put some cards on the table. It's time to, like, demand attention. She wants to go through the rituals of 1950s high school dating. Well, and so his, his reason, though, for not kissing her is that he's performing and he doesn't want to get a cold. <laughs> he literally is afraid of cooties. And she's like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you haven't even pinned me yet. As she like touches her boobs, which very much is like you, I'm getting, you, you yeah. haven't groped me. You I, haven't tried to get in my shirt or anything. I, I want you to grab me, push me down and pin me, Kevin. And he says, I don't even play a varsity sport. <laughs> she's like, it can be any pin, Kevin, any pin, any pin at all. A safety pin, a straight pin, don't fucking care. I pin me. <laughs> and his response is quote, when did you become such a sex maniac? <laughs> I am not a sex maniac and I don't have cooties. <laughs> she just wants some attention, some affection, some care. <laughs> I love Lily Reinhardt in this scene so much. Again, I say it practically every week. Like, just watching her work, and Casey Cott does great work alongside her in in this subplot through the episode, but just like, oh, it's really why I keep coming back to the show. Her faces, her her eyes, her reactions are so good every time. This scene is, like, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Betty storms out of the car. And leaves Kevin behind, because she's pissed. I guess she's going to, like, walk down the dirt road back into town. (laughs) And he seems fine with that. (laughs) And that's where we finally get to the title card. That was all (laughs) pre-titles. We're now in the episode proper. With Jughead at uh, the the comics office. Mm -hmm. And the the editor is like, well, this is derivative, overwritten, self-indulgent. Yeah, good enough. Uh, I'll give you a dollar a page. Hey, uh, uh, buddy, or whatever, he, he calls out the name of his assistant. Yeah. Like, we, we got any artists that can uh, do seven pages overnight for this story? And Jughead's like, I know someone! No, you don't! <laughs> Nobody knows someone seven and they pages are cheap. overnight. There's no way in hell are they cheap seven pages overnight. Mr. Uh, Fieldstone is happy to try. He sucks. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, you watch the scene. Uh, Jughead is talking about all these wonderful qualities that Ethel has, not dropping the name right. 
pick his his what makes Fieldstone pick up his head is the word cheap. Yeah, he's like, oh, 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 oh all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, so meanwhile, back at school, Kevin goes to the music room, and now is when we finally meet Mr. Clay Walker, the Walker of Clay. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, we find out that Clay is a recent transfer. A musician as well. He's playing piano. Yes. Uh, and, uh, he, he's been to a lot of different schools because his dad was in the military. Yeah, he says is, then corrects himself to was. Yes. Do we think his dad is recently passed? Do we think his dad is, like, discharged? I think his dad was discharged. Okay. That's what I'm going with. I don't, I don't think dead... I'm going with, like, some type of discharge thing. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Because in the point where you're still correcting is to was like that, you're probably not back in school. Yeah. mm. Kevin's like, oh, are you you, uh, going to the sock hop? And, you know, he sure is like, well, I don't really know a lot of people unless you can think of someone I could ask. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hint. Hint. It's very much a, like, I'm picking up a vibe, and I'm saying some things that maybe you'll pick up on, but we cannot say things openly now, can we? Nope. <laughs> and so Kevin's just like, yeah, a lot of people go stack. I gotta go practice piano. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Okay, okay bye-bye. Okay. Uh, so over in the student lounge, Veronica's chilling out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and Archie would like to ask her to go to the sock hop. That's what everybody's talking about. Sock hop this, sock hop that. Well, he already asked her, and now he remember because she was like, "Well, well, can you dance?" And that's he's like, right, "Okay, that's right." Are you ready for a demonstration of slow dancing? It was like smart move there, Archie. Mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. the one that you can do. St- stick with your strong suit, which is everyone's weak suit. Uh, and so she's like, oh, well, yeah, dancing's important, but, uh, also being entertaining is important. This is a multi-round audition process. Yeah. Veronica, no. Please. Veronica, no. And so she's like, hey, here's the deal. Uh, I need you to dazzle me with wit, so, like, come on over later today. We're gonna talk Uh, politics, the arts, current events. You know, things you always talk about with high school juniors. Nothing I want to talk about, actually. <laughs> um, and so she's like, get yourself cleaned up. Archie Kins, I'm rooting for you. And he's all like, cool, I'll do this thing. Because I'm desperate. <laughs> and I'm going to need your CV. I'm going to need a blood test, obviously. <laughs> I'm going to need you to uh, sign over your last will and testament to me. Uh, and... I know it's old-fashioned, but cover letters are appreciated. Fuck that, Veronica. (laughs) She's definitely someone that doesn't print what the salary range is. Oh, no, absolutely not. So so Archie goes off with his marching orders to go study up to talk. And Betty, Betty looks over at Veronica and is just like, so they just do whatever you say. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, and, I can't even get my boyfriend to kiss me. And Veronica's and, like, yeah, boys do what we say. We're pretty girls. <laughs> it's not hard. Has anyone ever told Betty she's pretty? Because she seems really uh, like that's news to her. Like, wait, what? I'm she, included in this? She's the girl from the song. She doesn't know she's beautiful. And that's what makes her beautiful. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Veronica gives her some advice mm-hmm. because, you know, things are a little rough with her and Kevin. So she's like, well, why don't you just invite another boy to the sock hop and make him a little jealous? Yeah, invite some other boy to the sock hop 
uh, quote, to get Kevin all hot and bothered. And I immediately was like, so there's this new boy at school that you could invite that would definitely get him hot and bothered. Veronica, that might be more true than you know. I really thought that's where this was going for this episode. It's not. It would be so clean and expected, but it's not. It's not. So uh, meanwhile, Cheryl is trying to sell more tickets and Dilton walks by and she's like, Dilton, you haven't bought one. Why? Because I'm a nerdo. That's not the answer. The answer is the, the serpents are telling people that they are going to show up with rotten eggs and pelt people going in to listen to Kevin and the crooners. And Cheryl wants to know who is saying this. And Dilton says, that scary Tony girl. <laughs> so in, in uh, Archie 1955, Tony is Serpent Queen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I will say that the Serpents being an entirely teenage greaser gang, way more realistic than an entirely teenage biker gang. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, So obviously for Cheryl, this means war. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Back at the Andrews household, uh, Archie is trying to clean himself up for his date. And uh, he's wearing a suit jacket that he seems to have stolen from from like a, a... Ten-year-old ring bearer. Let's remember, Archie got hot. He's all scrunched and squeezed into this tiny little suit. Because he hasn't worn this since last year, and Archie got hot over the summer. (laughs) And so he's like, Mom, help. I had eight growth spurts, Mom. Ah." And she just giggles at him. (laughs) She's so mean. Like, not mean, but like she... She's kind of mean. She's kind of mean. But instead of using her her professional skills to alter this suit, which would include, I think, buying a second coat just for for the fabric. There's no way to alter that for him. She gets out one of Fred's old jackets from the closet. Yeah. He tries it on and and she gets a little emotional because, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it was his and like he'd be so proud of him wearing it to the sock hop. And she's a little surprised to hear that this is not for the sock hop. This is for tonight's audition. Yeah, she's like, what the fuck, Archie? What do you mean audition? Yeah, she ain't too happy about a test run. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But she talks about how, you know, she and Fred, like, they went to a sock hop. And, and, you know, he was the sweetest. He wrote her poems. Mm -hmm. And Archie's like, poems, you say? Hmm. Hmm. I've heard of such things. Those, those have words, those right? Those are the word things, right? <laughs> the ones with the words? So Archie has called Betty over and he's like, hey, Veronica invited me over. I need to impress her. I wrote her poem. I need you to read it and tell me if it's terrible. Betty reads the poem to herself, not out loud. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and decides that, yes, Archie, you have the soul of a poet. I'm not going to waste this on the television audience, though. They don't They don't need to hear this. So, meanwhile, uh, Cheryl goes to the dark room. The dark room is a coffee house beneath Pop's chocolate shop, where you might expect to find Le Bonnui, or the, the, n- the white new worm. white worm. Uh, it is now the dark room. And it is where the serpents hang out. Because it is a coffee house for bikers, beatniks, and badasses, and Tony seems to be all three in 1955. I mean, yeah, she's Tony. She uses a lot of hip slang. She has much hipper slang. She's not talking about the bee's knees, I can tell you that much. No, she's not. 
Tony and Cheryl have a little back and back and she's like, hey, hey, you, you should stick around. Fangs is going to be plain. Get yourself a cappuccino. See what he's about. Let's get to know each other a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And Cheryl insists she does not know and she's got to get out of this den of depravity. Speaking of dens of depravity, uh, Archie has made it to the Pembroke and he opens the door to see uh, somewhere behind a massive bow (laughs) the face of Veronica Lodge. I love this dress. Her bow has a smaller bow on it. I love it because it is the type of monstrosity that would be in the comics. Yes, yes. It is is. absolutely... The like you took that off the page and made it real. Mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. one would wear that. No one would wear it. And any I era. I love it because of that. It is it's comical so in how it is designed. It is fabulous. But yes, Archie came with like flowers and chocolates, uh, uh here to share his perspectives on I don't know what came before 60 minutes they hadn't invented that much time yet uh, uh, in 1955 but instead he sees he's in the middle of an episode of The Bachelor yes <laughs> there's four other dudes here Julian Blossom and three no-name freaks and they are all there to possibly win Veronica's affection mm-hmm. I mean, he brought his own rose that's not how The Bachelor works Archie you screwed up already so meanwhile, back at the Coopers, uh, Betty and Alice are washing some dishes, and she's like, you know, Mom, I've been having weird feelings about Archie. What sort of feelings? Stirrings. Uh, <laughs> some, a fluttering in my belly. <laughs> you need a doctor. And Alice is like, you know, maybe this flutter is a reaction to, you know, you feeling underappreciated by Kevin and not like sexual desire. And uh, Betty stops and thinks, like, yeah, I do feel really unappreciated. Would that cause flutterings for other guys? I don't know. I'm a child. It seems logical. (laughs) So uh, Jughead and Ethel uh, are together, and and Ethel has showing uh, him the the drawings that she has somehow done in, like, three hours. She's inked these things. She should have just, like, bloody nubs. And he's like, these are amazing. There's no way that he won't hire you after seeing these. It's a horrific zombie scene. Yeah. Which should be, well, not illegal, but impossible to be approved by the the CCA and therefore not eligible to be sold on newsstands. Yeah. So unpublishable in practical terms. And so they're talking about this, and she's like, oh, man, do you think he would, even though I like, I'm a girl? And he's like, yeah, you're awesome. Like, this will totally make sense. <laughs> and she's like, so, Jughead, the sock hop is tomorrow? Is it? <laughs> and she's like, well, what if we went together? And he's like, oh, yeah, like, for kicks, right? You know? Could be fun. They might have a spread, cookies and such. I, once again... <laughs> Once we get away from all the murders and the mayhem and the the time skip, Jughead is the most seen I've felt on television. <laughs> sometimes there's a girl into you and you don't know it. And sometimes you, you only go to events because there are plates of free cookies sitting there. And the thing is, I feel, this is my life! I feel like this is so true to, like, comic Jughead. Yes, Like, it yes. is so character right like the archie stuff like that's not character right it's a little bit off this though i'm like this is jughead like if they leaned into it a little bit farther like every time jughead's with archie he should be like stay the fuck away from women every last one of them's no good yeah 
then that's my chocolate. Yes. Uh, but they are interrupted by Ethel's mom being like, what is a boy doing in your room? <laughs> and the and answer like, is leaving. Like, you really don't have to worry right now. They're talking no. about cookies. They're talking about, it is not even a euphemism. They're like, just talking about cookies. He's really excited about there maybe being cookies and punch. <laughs> so at the, the audition, at the, the group audition, uh, everyone is chit-chatting and, I mean... Essentially, the scene is Jace, uh, uh, Julian proves himself to indeed be a blossom. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about how his family, like, does an art buying tour in Europe every year. Well, he does uh, uh, properly identify the Monet hanging on the wall. <laughs> Which, Veronica's trying to engage Archie in conversation and is like, Archie, what do you think of Monet? And he's like, I like Norman Rockwell. He named a contemporary artist. That's more than I was expecting from I him. I mean, yeah, I think it's the only artist he knows. <laughs> but but then, Julian, he is mean to Archie's suit. He's mean to Archie's suit and therefore mean to his dad. And when he finds out it's Archie's dad's suit, he doesn't say like, oh, man, I'm sorry, just, just fooling around. He says, hey, guess what? Your dad's fucking dead and broke and you're poor. <laughs> After what, at question if it comes from a thrift store. And he's like, no, it was my father's. He says, wasn't he buried in it? Or or did he have more than one suit? Oh. And then Archie, oh. like, stands up and is like, he was buried in his uniform. And then he threatens violence upon Julian and storms out. And that, that's a very recognizable Riverdale Archie. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. And as he storms out, he throws the poem in the trash can in the hallway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the next morning, uh, Veronica shows up at his doorstep in order to apologize, but he's not there. He's making a grocery run, and Mary opens the door. And she is not happy. She's not happy. She says, hey, hey, my son is very stupid. You have to treat him kindly. Archie is not a Hollywood playboy. You mess with him, I will kill you. <laughs> She's, she literally says, he's a simple boy. <laughs> you hurt my boy, we will have problems? Archie is so dumb, he thinks the bad guy in this situation is Julian. Let's all just let him think that, as long as you fly right, little girl. Like We all know who the villain is. <laughs> we all know. But Don't there, you mess with him. There's a lot of stuff happening on Maple Street today. Because next door... Next door, Alice has invited Kevin over. And she sits Kevin down and asks a very simple question. Kevin, Kevin, why haven't you railed my daughter? <laughs> you, you know all those, like, pleated skirts go all the way up, right? You can just get in there, boy. Kevin's like, Betty wants things from me that I'm not sure I can give her. <laughs> and Alice is like, maybe I can make a suggestion. Why don't you give her this? And she slides over a pin and he, she's like, Kevin, Betty just wants to be pinned. Uh, uh, as, as long as you talk about your boundaries beforehand. Yeah, go, go for <laughs> it. But, but the, the point Alice seems to be making is that it is very important and it is very important to her to keep uh, uh, Betty in the arms of the safe sexless boy and away from the, the dangerous, incredibly attractive Archie fellow. Who will actually rail her. Who, who will... I, we've seen it happen so many times over the seasons. Yes. Often in showers. 
But so she's like, if you so, all so she, she wants is to feel appreciated. She wants you to carry her books. She wants you to give her a phone call. No, it will not mean you have to actually put your dick in her. Like well, no. There's no physical contact required. You, what what Be- what Alice is trying to convince Kevin of is that what Betty really wants, really needs, is the superficial signs of commitment. Yes. Not actual caring and certainly not any sort of physical affection. It doesn't get mentioned. Yeah. Like he brings up kissing and she's like, don't worry about kissing. No, no, no. You'll be fine. You pin her, it doesn't make it more serious. It just puts things at ease. It stops the strong desires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She says some weird shit about how, like, this is the pin Mr. Cooper gave me, and it, like, answered the desires they were feeling, and then it was fine. And that's a little weird. Well, that's when she started having desires for FP. We all know how this goes in, in any generation. I need FP to show back up. <laughs> Just gonna say, need him to show back up. I need to know what he looks like in this time era. The the, the line she has about the magical effects of this pin is, uh, things were fine and pure from that point forward. None of this sounds pure to me. No. No. <laughs> in fact, it sounds haunted. <laughs> There's like a mystical significance to this pin. That is the weirdest fucking conversation ever. Like, you know, let me invite my daughter's boyfriend over and we're going to talk about them not having sex and how that's okay. I need you to take to take things to the next level with my daughter. I need you to do it yesterday. She's having flutterings. She wants to go flutter the neighbor boy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we can't have that. So back at school, back at school, now that... Uh, uh, Fangs is indeed booked to play the sock hop. Tony is shaking down nerds for sock hop sales. She corners Dilton and says, Four eyes, or you four eyes, get tickets yet? He's like, Oh, oh, I'll take one. And she gives him a look and he's like, I will take five. <laughs> I'll have five of them. This is what I was talking about at the top of the episode. Like, this, this fervor really only makes sense if she's getting a cut. I mean, I think she is. If she if she well, just wants people to be there for no. fangs, then he can buy one ticket. Well, it's fine. Okay, so there is definitely he's, some like he's only got one pair of ears. You Tony know? Cheryl stuff in this. Oh, you think that's her place? She wants to be she, very very useful to Cheryl. She is trying to get closer to Cheryl. Yeah. Okay. I mean, some extra okay. cash along the way is fine, but True. I think this is also like. Cappuccinos don't pay for themselves. There, there's a few things going on here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and one of it is getting close to Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's got she's got a lot of plans. She's got uh, uh, every angle covered. Uh, so meanwhile, in the principal's office, uh, Ethel has been called there because she was caught drawing in Doctor Doily's lecture. I am so very disappointed because you know what dr doily means it means it's not it means it's not professor flu's note i begged for professor flute snoot i'm so sorry it wasn't professor flute snoot dr doily it explains why dilton's such a fucking dweebus yeah because his school is his dad's job. Yeah. And that comes with some certain pressures. Yeah. So uh, she was working on the comic, which means she was drawing 
very disturbing images and the creepy ass like psychologist dude who yes. definitely is up to no fucking good. Dr. Werther's. Do not trust that he, man. He is not a kindly gra- uh, grandfatherly butterscotch. No, no. I'm wondering if this man invented the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, quite honestly. <laughs> um, but but yeah, he does not see this as an industrial student getting life experience for a future career. He sees it as dirty pictures, products of a diseased mind. And what is is feeding this impulse? The comic book industry, those seedy peddlers of vice down in Main Street. Though what he first asks also, he first tries to pin it on the movies. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. did you get these from Nightmares from a movie? And then like, oh no, I'm working on a comic book. And then he's like, oh, the comic book! Burn it! Burn it all down! So so not to like cut myself off at the knees before the predictions, but I think, yes, oh, yeah. Dr. Werther's here is definitely meant to be Dr. Wortham. He is going to go on a crusade against Pep Comics. Yes. And institute something code-like. And so like... I think that is an interesting uh, story to have running in this, like, Archie media, because Archie didn't start in 1945. Archie started in the 40s. Yeah. But Archie became a dominant force in the industry by manipulating the comics code to their own ends to undercut their more salacious and more successful competitors doing horror and uh, suspense and war stories and crime stories. Mm -hmm. What I think is also interesting is how, well, look at where Archie Comics is now and with all, like, our horror spinoffs and stuff that they do, too. And how, like, oh, this very pure thing. Like, have you seen some of the shit they make? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Archie as it is today is is all built on the success of Afterlife, really. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, all that, you know, Archie versus Predator. The blood. So much blood. So much blood. Love it. Yeah, so I think we're definitely getting that storyline. And I also feel like some more sinister things mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. this guy. Like, I don't feel like it's going to stop just at, like, this comic book stuff. Like, I feel like it's going to, like, start being, like, a witch trials against people for doing things that are impure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think, I think it's interesting and curious, and I want to keep an eye on it. Like, is is putting, like this shift in the comic book industry as a villainous thing that our good, likable Archie characters will be against and totally swapping that from history. Yeah. Is that something that is going to be like interesting and complicated and, and like really biting into the history of like regressive and repressive movements in the fifties or is the, the way the like dramatis personae are lining up, like when Call of Duty does a, a, a story about American war crimes, but switches it to be the Russians did it, and that sucks. Yeah. Like, what? What? Which path, Roberto? Where are we going? Only he knows. Well, yeah. T- tell me. I must know. Uh, so Ethel gets a week's detention starting yes. today for yeah. this, and they're wondering if they should like tell someone to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so so meanwhile uh veronica uh and archie have a little chat and archie's like you know sorry i rushed out i was sincerely going to rip julian's head off now that's the riverdale archie andrews i know <laughs> he's like you know if you haven't decided i'm still pretty keen on taking you to the dance and she's like actually i'm going stag and he's like what <laughs> What the fuck? Well, earlier in this scene, Archie just 
pretty much straight up tells Veronica that she's not a very nice person. Yes. And she seems, like, to recognize that that's true and that she's never really been told that before. No, she was told that by Mary just a well, little while ago. Yeah. I think that's what started it. She's never had anyone confirm that before. Yeah, this is the second time I've heard this today. Huh. Which is I should what... really engage with this criticism and take it as, as a good faith effort. Which is... Yeah, why she decides she's not going with anyone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And she plays it off as like, oh, it's impossible to choose. He questions, though, like, well, what was last night about? What what was that? And she has to straight up say it was a game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I suck, Archie. I I kind of suck. Turns out I kind of suck. I kind of suck. Oh, shit. I kind of suck. So she and Betty are having a little chat in the girls' locker room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And this is another scene that I really love. And so Veronica explains, you know, she's going by herself, that she's, you know, having this awakening and realizing she's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty's like, wait, didn't you like his poem? And Veronica does not know about this poem. Veronica knows nothing of knows poetry. nothing about this she poem. She only knows European paintings. And so she's like, hmm, interesting poem. But uh, it's when Betty's like, well, who's Archie going to go with then? Uh, oh, not my problem. But, uh, but whoever it is is a very lucky girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Betty has this moment of, like, looking at herself in the mirror and, like, finally seeing, like, yeah, I am pretty. Clay, in his scene, in Clay's one scene, calls her the prettiest girl in the whole school. Like, she didn't hear it. She wasn't in the room. Yeah. But, like, it, it is a thing that is said about yeah. her but it, among the student populace. Yeah. Yes. So Archie's at his locker and Betty like beeline for him. I have to admit, I missed sweet, youthful romance. It is it is just so simple and yes, Alice pure, okay, fine. (laughs) That like sometimes you just like someone a lot and it fills your whole heart. And as you walk, the screen gets hazy and music plays out of nowhere and you can just see him. And then there's a record scratch as your actual boyfriend grabs you and pulls you into another conversation. Hey, I want to talk with you. Oh, no. And so Kevin pulls Betty into the music room. He's like, hey, I was a dope. You're the, what did he say? The, the most, most ginchiest girl in the world. And uh, he asks her to go steady with him and shows her the pin. And it is so clear that neither of their hearts are in it. Oh and my it's God. So, no. so good. Like, if you take this out of context and put it up as a clip, everybody's going to be like, oh. This is the worst acting. This is so cringe. But like, what it is is he's Betty fucking lying, and she knows it. But they both are going to go along with the lie, and she it's doesn't want to do it. And he doesn't. Neither of them want to be there. They are just playing the parts they're supposed to play. Oh, it's so good. It's really good, and it's like painfully sad so she agrees and he's gotta put the pin on but he can't because boobs are kryptonite <laughs> he can't get close to him he literally like freezes and he's like i don't i don't what? know what to do what is? and she just takes it and pins herself <laughs> here's the thing my boob isn't up in my collarbone. There is plenty there's, of space. There's so much real estate. Kevin, please. <laughs> you could go for, like, the collar of the sweater. 
That's a valid place to put a pin. See, in this universe, though, he doesn't hang out with Betty while she's, like, in her bra. They don't have that relationship. That was his first scene ever. Yeah. And and hers. It was, like, the first scene of the show. They were just sitting in a room. She was in her bra, and it was fine. Here, we can't can't even touch, like, an arm. The journey... Of the male homosexual in America through the 20th century. Yeah. Is the journey of acclimatizing to women's breasts. Yes. That, this is what I've learned from Riverdale. <laughs> They're not scary. Like, gnomes <laughs> don't live there. No, no. They, they live down south. Yeah. Easy A's so good. <laughs> the bucket list. The bucket list. So, meanwhile, or perhaps afterwards, because uh, if it's at the same time that Veronica's skipping class... But at the Pembroke, Smithers appears because he's been rooting around in the garbage and found the poem. Yes. I'm glad Smithers is here. I don't know why he's so fucking nosy. So back at school, the psychologist dude is talking to Featherhead and they're all like, "Ah, Ethel didn't show up for detention. We should call her parents. Uh, And the reason she didn't show up to detention is... She's at a work meeting. Because they are at Pep Comics and they are showing the finished... Seven pages of images. The guy's like, this couldn't have been done by a girl. It's amazing. <laughs> well, turns out it was. And she works for peanuts. And Literal peanuts. She loves them. And loves Jughead's them. like, yes, it was done by a girl. And she skipped attention to be here. He's really in Ethel's corner. He's Ethel's biggest fan, biggest supporter yeah. in an entirely platonic and business related manner. <laughs> boyfriend and girlfriend and he says no we're creative partners but ethel's like but we're going to the sock hop (laughs) and he's like ah ah yes i see i see i i understand an unrequited crush when i know when when i see one and i'm not gonna say shit because you two are gonna make me so much money you work for nothing this is amazing Mm -hmm. I, I understand here. He also calls them Freckles and Wonder Boy. Yes, he does. Maybe he'll call them Cheetor and Rat Trap one day and really make my day. I don't know. Which is which? Uh, they, they both seem kind of mean. So Ethel goes home and her parents are pissed because they yes. got called by the school and she skipped detention and they're like, they said you're drawing dirty pictures, you're inviting boys into your room, you're skipping detention, like, we didn't raise you like this. And she's like, well, you're a drunk, and you fucking suck. <laughs> and she's like, screw you all, I'm going to the sock hop with Jughead. I liked you better in the future past when you were dead, Dad, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and they storm out in another uh, uh, Pep Comics title, Pit of Tyranny falls to the ground. Yes. I love these fake covers and, and fake titles They're so, so much. Good. They're very good. So it is sock hop time. Sock hop. Launch. Everyone is taking off their shoes. I appreciate them actually showing this. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Uh, and uh, Clay is talking to Kevin. And he is letting Kevin know that he is so sorry that the lineup changed. He's really disappointed because he was so excited. He also lets Kevin know that he finds Fangs and Kevin very attractive. What he says is that he's heard that Fangs is apparently an out-of-this-world singer. And you know, he's pretty easy on the eyes, too. But so are you. (laughs) Maybe you can give me a private concert sometime. 
Clay is done with deniable hinting. Like, he's... Like, come on, come on. Clay is like one step away from, do you understand I like the boys? (laughs) And in particular, you among the boys. I would like to take you to Lookout Point. (laughs) You know, for the architecture. Yes, we can look at the architecture of your body. (laughs) Like, Clay is, if, if we are understanding this being a setting that would perhaps violently enforce heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. He's really going out on a limb. He's he being is. very trusting and putting himself, his fate in Kevin's hands here. Well, he's seen Kevin and Betty talk. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's fine. <laughs> Everyone knows it's fine. <laughs> Thanks. Kicks off the sock hop, sock hop. With Tutti Fruity by Lil Richard. Yes. Or at least made famous by Lil Richard. I don't know. Shaking things up. And so mm-hmm. everyone starts pairing up. We got, you know, Archie and Veronica are dancing, but kind of like looking at each other, but dancing alone. We got Betty and Kevin actually dancing. We got Jughead snacking. Loves a snack. We got Midge fainting. By Fangs' touch. Yes. And then we have Tony and Cheryl. Tony's like, hey, let me see your moves. And she's all like, no, I'm not going to dance. And she's like, come on, one boogie woogie, and I'll stop <laughs> harassing you. Let's do the let's do the good old boogie woogie. I love a good old boogie that woogie. That rough boogie woogie. Everybody's, I'm going to boogie woogie your world. Everybody's out here just coaxing the white gaze into their being their old selves. Yes. Yes, there is, there's a theme here of... <laughs> Like, the minority gays are here to help the white gays be true to themselves. Yep, yep. <laughs> Tony gets Cheryl out there on the dance floor, but the thing is, his featherhead is watching, and he is not very happy about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but then it is time for Fangs to do a slower song. Why didn't they use him in the musical episodes? Fangs? Yes. He's he's perfectly fine. Lovely, yeah. even. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's because it's they don't write uh, uh, big, like, belty musical songs for guys in lower registers. Yeah. I'm upset about this for personal reasons. <laughs> for pers- yes, it's it's time for a slower song. You know, Veronica goes up to Archie during this and she's like, hey, I got your poem. And she rattles off some of it. And she says it's beautiful. And I say it's not. It's flattering. It's very flattering, and I think you like that, but it is not beautiful. Archie's like, it hardly rhymes. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth line has about five extra syllables compared to the previous ones. Yes, even I caught that, and I'm awful at rhyming. And I was like, oh, oh. And so she's like, can I have this dance? But, but Archie says no. Because he sees his mom out there without a dance Mm -hmm, partner. And mm -hmm. he goes and dances with his mom. And this is part of a greater ploy from a subplot that got cut. He's just distracting her as a chaperone from some other guys who are going to go mooning. No, he's just nice to his mom. Wouldn't it be fun, though? (laughs) Maybe. That's where Reggie is. That seems like shit you would do to distract Alice. That's how you sneak Reggie in. Who the fuck is Reggie? Mooning, and they can't show it, because that's one thing they do care about in the CW. And I know he's got to be in this at some point, because I've seen him in, like, a a, a behind-the-scenes photo that one of them posted. He was on set, and I'm like, where the fuck's Reggie? Ben Button has had a larger role this season than Reggie Mantle. Where the fuck's Joaquin? 
we're bringing back Ben Button. <laughs> Archie's off dancing. Yes. Julian swoops in to be like, hey, let's dance. And he's like, I know you could do worse. I kind of suck. But like, come on. No one else is dancing with you. Julian, Julian, be careful. Last time she was in a serious relationship with a rich asshole. She murdered him. <laughs> she murdered her husband. Uh, Kevin and Betty are dancing, and Alice looks so pleased with her fucking self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tony is over drinking on the bleachers now Hell that she is yes. no longer dancing with Cheryl. Hell yes. Hanging with Clay and Dilton and the other serpents and people who don't have dates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a slow dance, so everybody who isn't there with somebody is uh, taking a load off their feet, re- refueling. Yeah. Across the dance hall is Cheryl looking at Tony, and she is approached by the principal, mm-hmm. who says to her, Boys and girls dancing in chaste harmony, just as God intended. What the fuck? <laughs> and Cheryl agrees, although she really wishes she didn't have to. As she looks longingly mm-hmm, at Tony mm-hmm. across the way. How chaste are her thoughts? I don't know, but they definitely involve dancing. I know that much. And then Ethel finally makes it to the the sock hop. Hooray! But she got her dress all messy. Oh, no. She busts in through the doors. Jughead turns while eating his cookie. Yes. Rushes to her because... He already ate the whatnot. Now he's eating the cookies. Rushes to her because she is covered in blood. (laughs) Coated in blood. And she says to him... Jughead, something terrible happened. I was at the Red Cross tent and there was a huge spill. <laughs> My dad really didn't want me to come to the sock hop, so I murdered him. <laughs> I took a shortcut through the slaughterhouse and it was not a shortcut. I'm so late. I'm so sorry, Jughead. I'm very, very late. I slipped. I tripped. I fell. And that is the end of the episode. That's it. So, darling, what did you think? Of chapter 119, Toot Whistle Plunk and Boom, or whatever the fuck. Toot Whistle Plunk and Boom. Skip, Hop, and Thump, yes. It's very, like, Easter Bunny. I'm just gonna say again. Yeah. It has some good shit in it. (laughs) I love everything with Betty and Kevin in this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I also very much enjoy Jughead and Ethel. So good. There is something that this show lost when it left high school. Yeah, that we've gotten back. And now, yeah, the the simplicity of it, the, the ability to draw in just, like, bold, solid colors. Uh, uh, again, sometimes your heart is just so full. And that that's true of a 17-year-old, but it's not true when you're 24 and yeah. in the FBI. <laughs> There's something very, like just wonderful about these problems that they're facing of mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. who am i going to the sock hop with adult jughead post time skip best-selling author jughead would never be so like charmingly oblivious that someone has a crush on him yeah and i love it it's fun it's a fun gag it, it's fun to play into those things from to play into those things from the comic on a whole different level than they could do in the other versions of Riverdale. Mm-hmm, Even though mm-hmm. shit over there was over the top and we have cults and we have this and we have that, but like there was a certain level of realism that they didn't 
go past mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that now that we're in this different time frame, like, yeah, we can just do it. <laughs> like, I, we can be comical. I would like to see Archie, like, trip and fall and have to, like, keep his balance on top of a, a barrel that's rolling down a hill or yeah. something. Like, I want I, some I, of that I want slapstick something. comedy yeah. shit from, like, silent films going on. That would yes. be amazing. Yes. Yeah. They probably can't afford the insurance. I, I want Jughead to have shit like that happen, and then he ends up in the closet under the stairs, and he's like, this place looks awfully familiar. <laughs> and you can... Are we going to get the drive-in back? Oh. I mean, this is a time when the drive-in would be hopping. Yeah, what if they suddenly... Uh, have an a, era, rather, yeah. What if it's suddenly back? They have, like them on screen get some giant ant action yeah 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 that'd be so good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then joaquin can appear <laughs> he's not a giant ant he's a big uncle yeah uh, <laughs> last week was so much about the premise yeah it was about the premise and about emmett till uh in about yes. equal measure the, the, this week is about just like delivering in on the premise being in this new setting and as f- just wild as it is, like I was talking about at the end of last week's episode, now that Jughead doesn't know he's on a mission from an angel to fight racism, yeah, everyone gets to just be teens. Yeah, Everyone gets to just do teen things, and something is causing a lot of blood to be on a dress. You know, like, this might be the only episode we get just that. But it's nice to have just that this one time, this minimum one time. I also really appreciate the care that they've taken with some of, like, the set and props and costuming. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. Veronica's freaking bow dress. Oh, my God. It is such a thing straight out of the comics, and I love it. Or things like the comic covers you talked about. Or um, next to Archie's locker is a thing about, like, doing your duty to your country and, like, enlisting. Mm -hmm, And, like, mm -hmm. just, like, some of the decorations and things they have up are just so good like in theming mm-hmm, that i mm-hmm. wish like i'm like man i want to like linger on these things and be able to yeah, read them right, more and right? see what they've snuck in and changed Let, and... let's use some wider lenses let's have uh, more of the shot in focus please yeah <laughs> i want to know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also let's have hot dog in more than one scene if, yes. If we're getting greedy here. <laughs> I mean, at least one scene an episode, but if I could have more, that'd be nice. That'd be very nice. I would appreciate that. Take your dog to school day. It's real. It It's real enough for me. Can we do the shit where, like, hot dog's, like, waiting for Jughead outside the school? Oh, buddy. Oh, my goodness. And he just, like, follows him around everywhere. Best friend. Best friend. Because that's, like, how dogs worked in shows from that era. Like, dogs just were everywhere and knew where you were and, like, yeah, waited. Yeah, yeah. And everybody knew whose dog was whose. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. Darling, do you have any predictions about what we're going to see next week and beyond? Yes. Okay. Would you like to share them? Okay. So, if Ethel did not murder her dad, (laughs) zombies did. Zombies did. Zombies are somehow manifesting off the page. Sure. The zombies she drew. Talk about page to screen. There's a throwback for you. From Jughead's story are now alive, and they, like, ate her parents. And that's why she's covered in blood. Mm, I mean, Afterlife did kick off at a uh-huh. costume party uh-huh. dance in the Riverdale uh-huh. High uh-huh. Gymnasium. Uh-huh. 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 And we never actually, like, got it. 
I thought we were getting it before, but we did it. So like now mm-hmm, could mm-hmm. be the time. It's good, right? It's good. It's good. I I think that yes, someone is dead. I think Ethel is going to be accused of it and not yeah. do it. But she's going to be accused as part of uh, uh, an angle that Dr. Werther's uh, is taking uh, uh, in order to like get Pep Comics banned in this like EC Comics Comics oh, yeah. Code tribute. He's totally alternate gonna, history plot. He's totally gonna blame her and be like, "This happened because of the shit she's drawing for the comics. Mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. corrupting her mind." Because again, Doctor Wor- Doctor Frederick Wortham's research was about talking to juvenile offenders, talking to like young criminals. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, we're gonna get like. To meet Sheriff Keller again. Ooh. Because we do know he's a sheriff still. Yes, yes. Yeah. Clay dropped that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Clay, which is to say, speaking of casting, I do want to thank one of our listeners who pointed out something that is valuable to get on the record that we did not say. Oh. So, uh, uh, our new old principal. Yeah. Principal Featherhead. Yeah. Is the, the character name is, of course, taken from the character from the flashback story in uh, the, the Midnight Club. Mm-hmm. But it is not the same actor, of course. That previous appearance was Anthony Michael Hall of so much, like, uh, high school, yeah. you know, teenage movie fame. But 50s uh, Principal Featherhead shares an actor with Warren Norton, my favorite <gasps> tertiary villain in the course of Riverdale. Oh, dang. Remember how much fun he was when he went full, like, cultist? Yes. I loved Warden Norton, and he's back (sighs) as a a new slash returning institutional villain. See, like, this shit, we need, like, a fucking flowchart. Also, we didn't talk about this last time. So, like, Dilton. Dilton. So, Dilton, the the actor's changed. The actor is now the actor from the pilot episode of Riverdale. Right, They have gone back to that Dilton, not the Dilton actor that's played him since then. Season one and two Dilton, uh, first episode accepted, is is a different guy from the first episode. And that first episode guy is now 50s Dilton. Yes. It's like if they got original Reggie back. Yeah. Well, and that's it. So, you were like, oh... That's Dilton. I was like, that's not Dilton, though. That doesn't look like him. There's a reason. It's fun, like... It's fun when we can both be right. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, I was say, it's fun how they're finding ways to bring, like, people in that got changed, like, for this. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we've swapped when, you know, we had the whole two Reggies thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun finding those ways to bring it back when, like, you couldn't do that in just, you know, a normal show. Um, (laughs) Isn't it nice to talk about an abnormal show? Right, right. So clearly the next big injustice we have to fight is homophobia. Oh, yeah. And they're totally going to come, like, obviously, Featherhead's, like, got a thing against the gays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's going to, that's going to be a whole part of this. They're going to do, like, you know, the comics are corrupting and the children are turning gay and blah, Mm -hmm, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Like, oh, my God. Again, that was a big part of Seduction of the Innocent. Yeah. Uh, uh, Batman and Robin in in an unseemly light in his book, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. The question that I'm going to have following this is, like, how closely will past and future parallel each other? Is this a way to do a straight-up remake of Tony busting Cheryl out of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy conversion therapy wing? Because mm. that, I mean, that was a landmark episode for this television program. Mm-hmm. And the the chance to just, like, it, it's like poetry, it rhymes with it, is 
maybe something they don't want to pass up. I don't know. I don't know. They got a lot of stuff they could do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And definitely a lot of stuff they're hinting at. It's just how they're going to actually handle it. Okay, so we think someone's dead, right? Someone's dead, yeah. Who do we think is dead? You say it's it's uh, uh, Papa Muggs. Yeah, because he was like, you're not going to that sock hop over my dead body. Ah, uh, okay. Now there's, there's some Hint. supporting evidence right Hint. there, yeah. Then I think it will go into why... Ethel gets accused mm-hmm. is because it's... Because they the, she was last seen having a big fight with him. Well, no one saw it, but yeah. Well, well her, her mother mom. did, but yeah. Maybe her mom is dead, too. Maybe. Um, But yeah, like, oh, we called your parents, and they were going to have a talk with you, and like and now your parents are dead. And he ends up dead, or they both do, yeah. Which would play into whether someone else did it, and the, the psychologist dude frames her, or zombies. Sure. Either way. Either way. Either, either way. way, it would still work. But I, I think I think it's at least her dad, maybe her mom too. Do we think that Werther's is the real killer? Or what if her dad became the zombie? Oh. What if that's it? What if that's it? And he killed her mom. Do you think we'll never get another Sabrina crossover because that character was not created for another nine years? I think there's a good chance we are not getting Sabrina in this season. <laughs> Unless it's something like Angel Tabitha is like, Sabrina's here to help me bring you all back to the future. <laughs> and then she'll laugh and they won't get it because that movie doesn't exist in the real 1955. Yeah. It's just set in yet another fictional 1955. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both of which do mention Chuck Berry. I gotta say, Chuck Both Berry got name dropped. In this episode oh. and famously at the end of uh, uh, Back to the Future. Who do you think's dead? Who do I think is dead? No, like I said, big, big spill in the uh, uh, blood donor tent. Oh. Yeah, yeah, just a, just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> We're asking for, for slapstick hijinks. Yeah. Just a flashback to Ethel slipping and falling over and over again in what? a giant puddle of blood. What if... Something happened at Pops, and she is actually oh. covered in, like, cherry syrup. Oh, no. She fell in the pie. <laughs> she fell down in a big, big pie. No, I'm thinking, like, cherry syrup that you use for, like, milkshakes oh. and, like, you know, <laughs> cherry colas. Topping the, uh, the the pancakes. Yeah. yeah. So, darling, are you ready to talk about next week's episode? Sure. Next week returns with chapter 120. What a big round number. Sex education. Named, of course, for, uh, I have to assume, the Netflix streaming television series. Sex Education. Home and launching pad of one Shudi Gatwa coming soon to a TARDIS near you. What we know is Veronica's going to host a makeout party and everyone's going to make out with each other. And... I, there's there's three couples shown making out, right? And they're the ones uh, you would expect. More. More? Because yeah. it's Kevin and Clay. Yeah. It's Tony and Cheryl. Yeah. And it's Archie down to his little baby undiwayas, uh, uh with Betty climbing all over him. And Betty and Jughead. And Betty and Jughead. Yeah. That's oh. like the first one you see. Oh. Uh, but yeah, there's like this weird like, okay, they're all like doing their different makeouts. In, in the jungle room. Well, the makeouts like in, okay, you're in Veronica's place. And then, yeah, this weird mystical, misty, jungle dream sequence where everyone is in their undies. And you see a lot of Archie abs. You think maybe that that's all uh, dream sequences and not the actual makeouts that happen? Dream sequence or 
we're going to get our first 1950s drug. Oh. And that's another thing that the school people are going to be like, oh, the drugs on the children. Are they going to call them reefers? Yeah, we're going to get some, I don't know, something else that they're going to change the name slightly. <laughs> the, the devil's tobacco. I, I do love Veronica's line, if we want to learn about S-E-X, we've got to start doing it. Not wrong. <laughs> Not wrong. The logic is sound. You gotta learn like, by I, practice. I can follow the reasoning very clearly. Hands-on learning. Yeah, yeah. It's the newest ha thing. Hands-on all sorts of things learning. I'm hoping it's drugs. Because I want, it's been a long time since we had some a drug. And I need a new goofy drug name. You know, anytime we go out to a party, she tells me in the ride on the way there, I'm hoping it's drugs this time. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had drugs, she says. Every day she's telling me this. I mean, it has been a while since we went to a party that had a lot of drugs. That was like once. The last time we went to just a dinner party with us and another couple, we were offered drugs. <laughs> and you know what I was kind of like, you know... I wasn't the driver. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, thank you all for joining us yet again. Uh, before we let you go, I, I guessed it on something that just came out uh, the day before you're hearing this. The latest episode of the Extra Credit Podcast. You can find them on your podcatcher of choice by searching Extra Credit. Or you can go to T-H-E-F-M-I-N dot U-S. You know, the F minus with a dot in there. And you're going to see an episode called Wizard Kids in America. Oh, no. Uh, which is <laughs> me and a number of the uh, uh, far more regular hosts of that show just reading a Wattpad fanfic about, well, I don't want to spoil it, but it does include uh, the children of Harry Potter and the fictional children of Lin-Manuel Miranda meeting up and all being wizards that don't know each other is wizards. We had a great time. That uh, that episode turned out so, so good. And while you're out there on uh, Apple Podcasts, that's a great time to give us five stars and and a, a review, too, because words, words are more powerful than stars, as we learned today from Archie's incredible moving poem. And fuck whoever gave us two stars. What the <laughs> hell? Once Archie you didn't, is, you didn't even sign your name, you asshole. Once Archie's finished ripping Julian's head off, he's going for that guy. Hiding or, behind your two stars. Or lady. I don't know. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Things we do for you. Uh, but you can also tell a friend. But, you know, if they're only going to give us two stars, don't tell them. We don't need that type of negativity this, around here. This sounds more like a tell a friend or else uh, this week. <laughs> what? I love you. Please don't hurt me. I promise I'll pin you anytime you want. You can pin me back. Maybe that's where all the blood is. There's a lot of pinning. That, like, <laughs> maybe she was followed by like zombie boys who wanted to pin her. Jughead, and they were just like throwing They're pins. all going steady. Oh my God, Jughead. They're going steady so hard. It's a bloodbath. They're just like stabbing each other with pins. <laughs> Uh, but you can also follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. <laughs> and with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. I'm not a sex maniac. <laughs> <laughs>
watching.